On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. We covered the updates coming out of hashtag Google Marketing Live. We talked about some snafus and solid wins from our real marketing lives. Jess, who's never seen a single episode, explained what she thinks Game of Thrones actually is. And Greg revealed his not really the best, best moments, according to Google Photos. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on May 17th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. If you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. First up this week, big news from Google Marketing Live. Hashtag. Hashtag Google Marketing Live. <laughs> One of the things we've seen floating around is here started in the auto industry. We saw it back in February with Nike ads. Gallery ads are official. And a gallery ad is one of those huge swipeable images above the organic listing on mobile devices. And you can swipe down and see up to eight different images show up. This is a very big deal because there are massive images now showing above the organic results. So my first thought was split on this. As an advertiser, I love it. Mm -hmm. It is huge, big, bold ads right where somebody is searching for something, which is great. That's great. <laughs> the other issue is from an organic side, this could be problematic. Everybody that's out there right now looking to optimize and keep pushing organic traffic, you're meeting for some surprises <laughs> if anybody's running gallery ads for those queries that matter to you. It is something you should head over to marketingclock.com and take a look at. You're going to be wowed if you haven't seen the, what gallery ads look like yet. They are beautiful. They are beautiful. Other thing <laughs> had was, again, with my SEO hat on, mm. I just thought of that the fire dog, the dog that's sitting there in the fire that says, this is fine. Oh. <laughs> so I made a tweet with it, that GIF, and I sent it out to Ginny's reporting on the article, and it's just SEOs, and the dog sitting there saying, this is fine. This is fine. So that's, I guess, what, what, what my, my overall thoughts were. Another great tweet on, on this topic was from Dan Bocalillo, and he said that ads above the fold? I thought Google was against poor quality page layouts. Ouch. Google's going to need some sunscreen. Maybe some aloe vera for that for burn. That burn. <laughs> so it is a huge, huge piece of news and ad type that is launched. Yeah. And just like Natalie and Bruglia, we are torn. <laughs> Nothing's <Wow>. fine. <laughs> Good callback. Thank you. People Not are all about nostalgia. I'm just trying to stay relevant. <laughs> well, you are 1999 relevant. Is that the year? I'm going to look it up. Okay. In other big paid news that came out of Google Marketing Live, there are three new ways to optimize smart bidding models. We can now choose a conversion action at the campaign level. Can I get an amen? Amen. We can create a conversion action set that can go across multiple campaigns. And there are rules to adjust conversion values based on the audience type and be able to tweak bids by value. And maybe even more importantly than that, 
are now going to be able to maximize conversion value. Yes. Not I mean, just conversions. Amen. <laughs> I didn't even need to ask for no. it this time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually, I think when I saw this um, on the show, what do you call Google Marketing Live? Was it a show? Live stream. Live stream. I mean, that's what it was. But if you were there, it wasn't a live stream. It was a live show. Live show. I wasn't there. Anyway, when I saw, I think I literally keynote. threw my hands up. The keynote. A keynote. Anyway. I threw my hands up. I was very excited. I did not say amen. I saved it for the show. All right. But it's probably the best thing that came out of the live stream keynote live show, I think. To me, the one thing that we always teach here, I've probably said it 50,000 times maybe on the show, that not all conversions are created equal. And in this case, they don't have to be <laughs> because so it goes crazy. off of the overall value. So when you are optimizing for conversions, you can say conversion value and get a higher priced item instead of just a pair of socks if you're something like Nike out there. This makes all the sense in the world, and I love it. Great job, Google. Amen. There you go. <laughs> all right, next up, there are more new ad types, and these ads are called discovery ads that allow you to run across the YouTube home feed, Gmail, social, and promotions tabs, and the Google Discover feed, including the Google app, where you will find the Discover feed currently. So these look very similar to the responsive ads that we've seen, responsive mm -hmm. display ads. Again, we've seen these tested out in the wild. There was a speaker at the event that talked about how fantastic they were. <laughs> I mean, take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> now, overall, in the Google Discover feed, you will be able to see ads based off of your information. What are your thoughts, Jess? I like the idea of it. I think as an advertiser putting on that hat, I want to be able to be seen in more places. I like that. What I don't like about this, and it's all based on what I understand the product is. They haven't really explicitly said anything to, um, to this one way or the other. But I, what I don't like is that it seems as though you cannot control specifically where your ads show or cater the content to that placement. If you create these ads, um, you have to do a discover campaign type mm -hmm. and it just tosses your ads across all of those, the YouTube, home feed, Gmail, and discover. So I, I don't really like not having that control, assuming again that you don't have that. And we don't know that. For we sure. don't. But I, I, it feels very automated to me based on everything that they've said. It also appears, again, we don't know for sure, but it appears that you can't upload any custom creative either, that you're just tossing in elements like headlines and image assets and landing page, and it's creating an ad for you. Again, that's nice. It's convenient, but convenience not always better. It's, you know, I'd like to be able to opt into a little bit more control. So again, not officially saying that that's not possible, but it does not appear so at least right now. And, and I don't like that. Do you use Google Discover? Personally, as yes. a human, no. Okay. As a human that uses Google Discover, I think having those responsive style ads, mm -hmm. you could see it fit perfectly within the Discover feed. It's okay. going out there and pulling in, you know, news articles and different things that, that Google thinks will match your interests. It's not perfect. And that's a whole part of it. it. It's this organic looking experience. And I think the responsive ads kind of fit that well. So I don't see that being a problem. The thing I was most surprised about is I didn't know Discover feed was ready for ads. <laughs> and a good example <laughs> is today I got a Discover on the topic French fries. Are you into French fries? No, I'm not into <laughs> French fries. That's why I don't think it's ready for big time. <laughs> But mm. again, I, it, it'll be interesting to see because it's just all this extra space that Google can now monetize, whether it's YouTube or in the Discover feed. Or Gmail. At Gmail. Yep. Yeah. Social and promotion tabs. Another thing that I loved 
from Twitter in regards to the discovery ads. Corey Grunmeyer had a tweet that said, I'd like to propose we call discovery ads disco ads for short. I'm all in. Yeah, that's that's fun. It's like disco duck, but ads. Disco ads. So look for those coming soon here in 2019. Next up from Google Marketing Live, Google is launching Bumper Machine. Mm. And Bumper Machine will whip up six-second bumper ads from longer videos. And the tool uses machine learning to take relevant moments from those longer videos on YouTube and will automatically convert them into shorter ad units. This is powered by machine learning. Drink for everybody playing the marketing clock drinking game at home. <laughs> and it will identify those well-structured moments and convert them into multiple six-second video ads you can choose from. This is cool. My word of advice <laughs> is to be careful. Google Photos now. Do you use Google Photos? No. Okay, they do this now and they make automated videos and they use machine learning to find your best moments. They say, here's a picture of your kids. They use facial recognition and say, here's a picture of your daughter. Here's a picture of your dog. Here's wow. a picture of your cats. And they put cat music and dog music to it and everything. What, what is cat music? It's a rare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a dog one. I'll play, I'll play it after this. Okay. But they, they put it to custom soundtracks and they make videos for you. And they try to find the best moments. They never find the best moments. Every video you get is with you sneezing or my kids with their fingers in their nose or my dog eating his butt. <laughs> like, oh, that's no. what they pull. And if that's what they think is the best from my photos, ah, I'd be really careful looking at Bumper Machine to make your ads. <laughs> well, do you have any pictures of French fries? I have no pictures of French I'm fries. I'm just trying to figure out why Google thinks you're interested in French fries. No, the only thing I could think of with French fries is in a Google Notes document in Marketing Clock, I wrote French fries once because my kids saw the French fries on the floor. It was part of a oh, yeah. oh shooting the heck from, from about three months ago. I remember that. But you've also written a lot of other things once, and that doesn't mean that you're interested right. in any of them. <laughs> like yeah. sneezing. Now you're going to get cold remedy oh, ads. Oh, boy. I hope I don't get dogs eating their butts ads either. So, <laughs> All right. Next up, there is now a new TV solution within Display Video 360 for Google. They are connecting connected TV and linear TV so that you can buy ad slots on national broadcast and cable networks and thousands of local TV stations. So NBC, ABC, Fox, anything that's three letters, able to buy, <laughs> buy some ads on. Can you believe that this is where we are? I love it. In the world? Like <laughs> that it. is beyond anything that I would have ever thought possible. I always viewed TV as something completely separate that we could never touch, kind of like print. <laughs> the funny thing is back in the day, you used to be able to buy TV ads through Dish Network, I believe it was. Really? Yeah, if I bought them Which, through Dish Network. Really? Well, I mean, through Google Google AdWords at the yeah. time, and you could buy them on Dish Network. That's this wild. This is way better. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, who's got Dish Network? And I don't know, it would never run. It was hard to use, but this is awesome. This is pretty cool. I Yes, it's, like I said, if they could just find a way to expand display ads into print, I mean, we'd be taking over. Yes, and when I first saw this, I'm like, oh boy, I don't think any traditional media buyers like this at all. It's going to open it to the masses. I love it. It's going to make it easy mm -hmm. for everybody to buy TV. All right, and the last main news from Google Marketing Live is a revamped version of Google Shopping Portal. And people can now browse item ads. I'm going to keep calling them ads. I'm not calling them items. You can see any of the ads that show up in Google Shopping and give them options to buy things from a retailer's website, a nearby physical store, or on Google's site itself. This used to be called Google Express. No more. It is now just part of Google Shopping. 
So they are enhancing Google Shopping. It's going to become a much more robust location that people can shop on. Jess, do you use Google Shopping? No. <laughs> I don't use anything. Well, you got a pattern here. <laughs> I don't either. Do you know why? Oh, I know why. But why don't you tell the people that don't? Because I want to see everything. I don't want to just view a bunch of ads. And so I don't personally use Google Shopping. Sometimes I'll look around and see if something exists, and then I'll go out and actually perform organic searches to find what I'm looking for <laughs> instead of browsing through a bunch of ads. Most people don't know this, however. No. And when I was watching this un being unveiled, I thought of a billion dollar idea. And I still don't know why anybody hasn't done this yet. All these startups that are doing all this crazy stuff, this is what we all need. An actual shopping search engine. Why don't we have that? Whoa. Go out, pull in all the data from Google, formerly Google Express, pull that in, pull mm -hmm. it in from Amazon, every retailer, no fees associated, just a shopping search engine. But how are they going to pay for this technology? Well, you can start running ads and something like that. <laughs> the problem to me is that Google Shopping, you can't have organic listings. Yeah, it's just right. a bunch of ads. Why are people looking at a bunch of ads? I don't get it. They don't know that they're looking at ads. They don't. Unless they listen to this show or a couple other people that gripe about this. Wait, Everyone wait, just... wait. They don't see that little teeny sponsored gray text in the upper right? No, great. <laughs> no, they don't. That? Okay. No, they don't. All right. I'm done. Those are the main topics from Google Marketing Live. What do you have this week, Jess? I've got something that was not announced in hashtag Google Marketing Live, but it is also from the Googs. So worth highlighting, a new performance planner is coming to Google Ads. So this is sweet because if you're like me, you like to make changes and hope that these changes improve your account's performance. But the only way to know for sure, obviously, is to make the changes and test the results. There's never been a really great way to forecast what some of those changes will do. So the new performance planner tool actually helps you do that. Again, you still need to test everything. These aren't guaranteed results, but it helps you visualize what changes like the keywords that you use, as well as even things like budget allocations across your campaigns will do as far as impacting how many conversions you're driving and achieving a certain CPA. So it's pretty cool. Uh, you should definitely check it out. And of course, if you're happy with what you see in your plan, you can then export a file from that and use Google Ads Editor to implement the changes. So again, nothing you do in the tool actually impacts your campaigns, but there is a way to export that and make the changes easily. So if you are interested, there are a few stipulations. It doesn't work with some campaigns, campaign types, depending on different automated bidding strategies that you have in place or shared budgets. But if you're eligible, why not play around with this because who doesn't want to better their campaigns? I know. Who? The bad marketers. Exactly. <laughs> it's a free tool. Everyone should be playing with it. All right. And usually that brings us to this week's lightning round, but we have a brand new segment we are unveiling this week. The take of the week. Each week we are going to be featuring a scorching hot take and serving it up for your consumption. Whether it be good, whether it be bad, we leave that to you. And this week's take comes from John Kagan, the VP of search at Mark USA. And this was actually in a post on media post. He called the keyword is dead, accept and adjust. And this came out at the very beginning of the week on Monday before Google marketing live, hashtag Google marketing live. <laughs> I'm going to read one excerpt from the article. You can go check it out yourself and his take. The shift away from the keyword-focused effort and toward the audience-focused effort has been foretold for a number of years. Whether or not it was realized is a different story. All one needs to look at is Google and Bing shopping ads, Yelp ads, and Facebook ads. For these, 
The category audience is what drives your traffic. Scorching hot take. Get the aloe vera. <laughs> or the sunscreen. The sunscreen. <laughs> Jess, again, this was out on Monday. On Tuesday, we had Google Market, hashtag Google Marketing Live. How many times did you hear any Googler talk about keywords during the keynotes? Not once, I don't think. Not once, right? And I didn't hear it at all. That's why this is the take of the week. <laughs> John called his shot here. It seems like John's vision is coming to fruition. He's a soothsayer, as you will. Yes. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, aka paid, and Greg covers the organic or non-paid. <laughs> so here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First is a tweet from at stevenjohns21, and it's got a beautiful screenshot with a heart eye emoji, and the tweet reads, Google Ads new B2B detailed demographics beta audiences only. And according to the screenshot that he shared, check the show notes if you want to see that. You can target audiences now based on company size and industry. And this is still in beta, but it's also, it's very reminiscent of the LinkedIn targeting. It is still in beta on Microsoft ads, and I'm taking bets on which one we think will hit the masses first. One of the fascinating things about this, if you look and follow that, that tweet stream, John has a LinkedIn conversation going as well. But somebody asked how he got access to this beta and he had to go jump through a bunch of hoops to get beta access. One, including approving 90% of the suggestions that Google ads gave. Also opting in to having the data used for case studies. <laughs> At one point he said he, he had to accept all of the suggested changes to get up to 90% level. And then he had to go backtrack oh. and knock them out but they still counted towards his 90% to get into the beta, which is ridiculous. That's, well, thank goodness for that undo option and change history. That's crazy. That's not, A, not fair. Okay. I could go on to B, but I'm not going to. That's not good. Yes, okay. but he, I think he said his, his M, total MCC, formerly MCC account, was around 88% of suggested changes implemented. I don't know what percentage was unimplemented to get this. So you probably won't see this, but hopefully you will soon. And I will not tell you to approve all those suggested changes to get there. I just won't do it. You're no. better off without it. <laughs> that, is, that is wild times. That's not cool. Uh, what do we got next? Hashtag Google Marketing Live. More from that. This was an announcement that they released, I think, pre-Google Marketing Live, but it was in anticipation of it. The uh, article was called Mobilizing for Summer, Google Marketing Live 2019. Basically, some changes are coming to the Google Ads app. You can do more than just monitor performance. You can actually edit ad creative from your phone. I don't know if you plan to use that feature at all. I love Google ads on my phone, but mainly for reporting. It's tough to edit things. It, I mean, it would be nice to adjust a little bit easier, but so I'm, I'm excited for this, but I surprisingly use Google ads on my phone a lot. A lot. Really? Every day. Really? Every single day. Just to check in on stuff? Yes. Even though you're at your computer? Also? I, I have a problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm not usually like, oh, I'm at my computer. Let me grab my phone here. Who needs these three screens? I'm going to use this fourth one. That's what I was picturing in my mind. <laughs> no, it's more like, hey, I can't sleep. I'm wondering if this is working. Oh, Let me check this. You poor soul. Okay. Well, good for you then. Um, something else. <laughs> bad, from bad for me. Don't endorse this. I, I don't co-sign this, this behavior of mine. 
as long as you're not using that app to implement 90% of the recommendations in your account. Get out of here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> something else that they announced was that local campaigns are coming to everyone. And this was hugely celebrated on Twitter. I feel like people were really, really excited about this. But something I'm not excited about is that they announced that it, this is coming to everyone even, quote, even if you don't have store visits measurement enabled, which like, let's just enable that for everyone. If you're going to have local campaigns, the point of which is to drive traffic to your, your physical location of your business, <laughs> but I can't track the success of that. What is the point of running such a campaign? I, I don't know. <laughs> you got to talk to the bad marketers. <laughs> <Thank> you, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to call them up and see if they're okay with this because I am not. <sighs> okay. Up next, something every marketer using Facebook should be aware of. Wait, you said Facebook, not Google. I did. Wait, we have other news <laughs> outside of Google? Barely. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go back to Google in just a minute. But quickly here, Facebook is finally launching a product that they previously announced, basically a tool that lets users clear their history of non-Facebook sites that have been associated with their account. There's a lot to unpack here in this article. It has to do with privacy and transparency. But the biggest thing for marketers is this can possibly impact targeting. Obviously, if we have less information on user behavior, interest targeting that we know and love on the platform could change dramatically. So as this rolls out, keep an eye on performance and possibly update some of your targeting. And when I read that title, what businesses should know about the upcoming tool for managing off Facebook activity, I just think real life yeah, off Facebook right. activity. Oh, hopefully you're out there in nature or something. Nope. And it doesn't need to be managed. No, they just mean <laughs> websites with that's pixel the first thing. Yeah. data. I know. You. <laughs> if only <laughs> Facebook could track that, that'd be incredible. Next is from Mobile Marketer and a study conducted by Pubmatic. Really like that name. Uh, it says that mobile spending has risen 29% on video. Have you ever seen those taps that allow you to automatically pour yourself a beer? No, everybody talks about those and I'm dying to interact with You're the beer person. I How do you know. Not, you own a beer store. Because we care about the customer and personal <laughs> interaction and we pour the beers for them. We offer a service. Well, I thought the Pubmatic <laughs> would be a good name for the automatic beer pour. It the absolutely would be. And it's probably not. It's probably not related to beer at all. I bet they're like automatic publishing. I don't, I don't like those automatic beer pours. It makes you feel like you're in the bulk candy section. Oh, you don't like the bulk candy section? No, I don't. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. You just feel like somebody's watching you and yeah. you pour a little bit and you see 14 cents come out and you're like, eh, I don't know. Oh, what is it? Like a gas pump? Like it just charges yeah, you for it's like the a exact? Gas pump for beer. <gasps> That's wild. Yes. You, you pour it and the price goes up. Well, obviously, as you pour more beer, the price goes up. That's kind of neat. I would have issues with that, though, because I have issues with gas pumps and even numbers. And you would be, a, you would never go there. Never. I like to pour, <laughs> I mean, I like to pour beer, so I feel like that's an exciting novelty for people, but I appreciate it. You'd have to end on, what is it, zeros? Or it can't end on threes. It can't end on an odd number. Odd number. Okay. Unless it's a five, that's okay. All right, we got a 50% chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. If it can't end on, if it can't be an odd number, Oh, I was just thinking five or nothing. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a one in 10% yeah. chance. Math, guys. We should work for Pubmatic. We're good at stats. Yes. So again, the news here is that mobile ad spending has risen by 29% on video and Pubmatic predicts that mobile is going to be the platform of choice for video ads. So if you're not targeting mobile, maybe you should rethink you, your strategy. Are you uncomfortable that it's 29%? Well, no, because if that's actually the number, I don't want them to round up or down. I want accuracy. Okay. Just didn't know how that fit into your superstitious equation. Yeah. I, my neuroses are a whole other... We could do a whole show just on those, but we won't. <laughs> neuroses o'clock. 
Sorry, Jess Bud. Okay, <laughs> what's up next, Jess? Right. My last story, just because it's been a minute since we've talked about Google bugs, or half an episode, if not a minute. Not much to say really here, just an update that store sales and store visits data has been fixed for April 28th and April 29th. Jeez. Okay. I know, but also <laughs> May 3rd onward. So there's oh, still a lot of hacked up data okay, in there. So your store yeah. sales and store visit data still might be wrong for April 30th, May 1st, May 2nd, we should be good for May 3rd. And, oh, oh, great. Yes, okay. that is your update. My brain hurts. What do you have for non-paid? <laughs> well, this week in non-paid, we are going to start with everybody's favorite, hashtag Google Marketing Live. There is a new portal announced, Google Trips. This new Google Trips service will combine Google Flights, the mobile Google Trips app, Google Hotel Search, are turning into just trips. Jess. How do you think you'd get there? Google.com forward slash trips? No. <laughs> <laughs> Google.com forward slash travel. But it's called trips. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google this to get there. <laughs> I went to go to it. I'm like, I'm in the wrong spot. It's forward slash travel because that makes all the sense That's in the world. That's so dumb. Google.com forward slash trips will send you <laughs> to the mobile app. Which I think is getting revamped. Even on desktop? Yes, it sends you to a location to download a mobile app. Gotcha. That's useful, I suppose. Okay. And so if you go to google.com forward slash travel, you will see this. Unless you're a G Suite user, you then are automatically redirected to google.com <laughs> forward slash flights. I don't know why. But what if I want a hotel? You can't. You're a G Suite <laughs> user. Get it out of here. It doesn't make any sense. So it is a very comprehensive look at, it kind of takes, do you, have you ever used the Google Trips app? No. <laughs> okay. Get I out of here things. with your questions. No. <laughs> but it takes that Google Trips app experience about what is the most fantastic thing to see in New York City and gives you all this information in one location. And everybody has been saying, this is the death of the online travel agency. Well, so. not if people can't find it. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> All right, next up, Google has launched the Google Optimize Resource Hub, where you can see videos, ideas, case studies, and get you to the parts of the help center that you need to be at in order to properly optimize your Google Optimize experience. <laughs> I have things to say about that in yes. a few minutes. <laughs> we'll get there, and I could not find the answer in this new of course you couldn't. It's not out there. But hang on for a new segment coming up next. Next up from TechCrunch. After a year-long lockout, Twitter is finally giving people their accounts back. And when GDPR hit, there was a lot of confusion with Twitter. And when somebody set up their account, were they 13 years old, which was the requirement? If they had set it up before they were 13 and now they are 13, do they get the account? What Twitter did is just lock everybody. <laughs> Lock it up. That's not cool. <laughs> no. So all these people that had set it up a long time ago and are now 18, they couldn't get into their accounts. It's a big problem. They've resolved that now. So Thanks. if you were locked out, check it out. See if you can get back in. And lastly here today, MailChimp's evolution. And this came from the MailChimp blog. And it was actually a sweet article from one of the founders talking about his parents and his co-founder's parents ran small businesses. They always had that in mind. They're now evolving to being more than just a mail platform. They haven't been a mail platform for a while. They've had all sorts of tools, but they now have an all-in-one marketing platform. It's 
the marketing tools platform mixed in with a CRM system. So it is much more than just mail. Now, some of the pricing will go up, but there are a lot more features that you will have access to. And again, I think the maximum cost is 299 bucks a month. So it was 199 now it's up to 299 Again, it is on the smaller side for some of these higher-end full-stack MarTech tools. Also, I think they need a new name. For sure. It can't be MailChimp anymore if you're a CRM. No, Marketing Chimp. Marketing Chimp, that was great. Or Chimp RM. Yes, I thought Customer Chimp. <laughs> <laughs> That's good too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Marketing I mean, Chimp, that's it. No, go buy, like go buy that chimp. domain. All right, and that does it for this week's lightning round. And it brings us to the debut of another brand new segment. Working hard? Or hardly working. And in this segment, we talk about what's going on, good or bad, in our own accounts. So some personal experience stuff here. We're pulling the curtains back, folks, and we're talking shop. Ooh. Ooh. Shop chimp. <laughs> shop <laughs> chimp, yes. I don't know. I'm going to stick chimp on everything, except optimize, because... This is this is a doozy from my world this week, and I'm going to present it to you like dramatic clickbait because that's some of my favorite internet content. I installed Google Optimize site-wide. You'll never guess what happened next. Can I guess? Yes. <laughs> I am about to see eight pages of a slideshow. What? That's what happens without clickbait. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you click that, you get at least, at least eight pages of, of, of slideshows. You're right. So that's what would happen in real life, but I'm going to give you the cliff notes here. So I installed Optimize, like I said, site-wide on a client's site, and I did it using Google Tag Manager, and I followed Google's instructions to a T. I did absolutely everything that they said, thought everything was fine, started running my experiment. Side note, this is an e-commerce Client. Yes, this is an e-commerce client. And we noticed that the revenue being reported in GA tanked that week. So we were concerned that there was a real sales issue. Maybe the site wasn't performing or it was something with you know the cart itself. Maybe there was a technical problem. What was going on? We consulted with the client and the good news is that their actual sales numbers were fine. They were better than ever actually. We were beating last year. So the issue was strictly with GA reporting, which was good news, but also not great, obviously. So we dug a little bit into what happened. And if you follow Google's instructions for installing Optimize via Tag Manager, they will have you set up Optimize as a setup tag for Google Analytics, which means that Optimize has to fire before the Google Analytics tag will. So the problem with this is that when that happens, it's possible that your e-commerce event is firing before GA. So all of that e-commerce data is just not making it into Google Analytics because it hasn't loaded yet which is complete WTH, and to your point, there is nothing on the internet that I could find about this problem. We had to come to this ourselves and realize why this happened. So brings up a couple key points for folks. Obviously, you should always annotate changes that you make to a site in Google Analytics. Had I not done that, I wouldn't have ever noticed that this happened, you know, this reporting issue started happening on the day that we installed Google Optimize. So it helps connect the dots. Especially because on that date, there was a red herring with the site going down and a few different changes that that were kind of the immediate thought towards being the culprit. Yeah, definitely. And that was what we thought for, you know, several days. We were like, what's wrong with the cart? And there was nothing wrong with the cart. So that's number one. Number two, the reason that we were able to easily spot this was that we also, in addition to e-commerce tracking, have a goal set up, just a destination URL for cart completions. Not the best way to track things. E-commerce tracking is better. But if you have them both in place, you can see patterns in GA and 
on this day when we installed Optimize, those cart completions were fine, but the transaction revenue dropped off. So again, helped us spot the issue. And then obviously the biggest takeaway here is that play it safe. If you're not running an experiment on your cart, there's no need to install Optimize there. Just don't install it there, install it where you need it and don't mess up your e-commerce data. Cause this was a big, big deal. And thankfully we were able to solve it because we are smart marketers, but heads up guys, cause there's nothing on the internet about this at all. Okay. And for me, I've got a confession to make Jess. Ooh. I barely use the web version of Google Analytics anymore when trying to solve problems from a client standpoint. If I'm just getting basic data, I go to GA. Yeah. If I'm trying to solve a problem, I use GA data, but I use Google Data Studio. I love it. I can't get enough Data Studio. <laughs> That's and your confession is that you love Data Studio. That's okay. I love it. I, in the what is working hard, Data Studio is working mm -hmm. hard for me. Tying in the Google Analytics data, you can have specific dimensions, dimension breakdowns, you can filter easily, and you can pull things up that you just can't get that granular look at with within Google Analytics. Again, I still use Google Analytics, the web version for many things, but I find it just arduous to, to get in there and find and be a detective. I like putting in the exact data I want, seeing it in my own view, seeing it over time, seeing patterns, and getting the whole version. And quick anecdote on my last story, we were pulling that GA data on transactions versus cart completions into a data studio report. Yes. And that is where you and I were when we noticed that problem in yes. the pattern. So we, we were looking at specific browsers over extended time period mm -hmm. and juxtaposing browser versus browser data. Yeah. So I never thought I would move away from the web version of GA, but it's time to bounce for me. And if you haven't checked out data studio yet for your analytics, check it out. It's amazing. And you can see exactly what you want. Yes. Working hard. Amen. All right. And now it's time for this week's WTH. And this week's WTH comes from Business Insider. And the title of the article is called Angry Game of Thrones Fans Google Bomb the Show's Creators. So a Game of Thrones Reddit channel named forward slash r forward slash free folk is using Google to have the show's creators pop into the top results for a search for bad writers. <laughs> And what is a Google bomb, you may be asking? Good question. Mm. It was something that Google had tried to do away with a long time ago, but apparently they haven't. A long time ago, like years, many years. Many years. People would be able to link using specific anchor text over to articles or to people. Most famous Google bomb was Miserable Failure Google bomb that linked over to George, Her George W. Dubs Bush <laughs> yes. back in the day. Now, people are trying to get the show runners to show up for bad writers. And my first thought was, don't people have things to do? No. I, I never this get this. This is what they have to do. <laughs> That's what you're doing? You're setting up this extravagant link scheme just because you didn't like a show? Yeah. I've got, I've got an alternate option that you can do. Not watch the show. Oh, what a fine option. <laughs> you can say, I'm done with it. I'm over the show. You think people are, there's like one episode left, right? People are going to stop. They're going to be done with it now. I feel like these people Plant are invested your, and they're mad. That's the hell you choose to die on? Die on it. Okay. What you don't need to do is spend time <laughs> ruining the search results for bad writers. <laughs> Furthermore, there's a petition going on around Game of Thrones. There is? Yes. 
half million people want season eight to be redone because they don't like it. Okay, let, let them all just donate some money for that to happen too, because this is a very expensive <laughs> show to create, right? <laughs> there's there's 500,000 signatures for HBO to remake the eighth and final season of Game of Thrones. These poor people, do they think that's going to happen because they signed a piece of paper? I hope not. And with all this time, maybe make your own little puppet version of how you think it should play out. Game how of about puppets. You Game of puppets. Or puppets of thrones. So anyway, I can't believe that this actually still works, that you can oh. Google bomb for bad writers and for the fact that people have this much time to do it in a, like a super tight turnaround too. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking, I just really hated episode five. So within a few days, we've got... We've got them up there ranking for bad writers. I guess we can give these people credit. They banded together and they got something done. Granted, it didn't change the world, but if they wanted to put that kind of energy towards something better, maybe they could achieve it. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Jess, yeah. there, there will be no spoilers here. No. Have you watched an episode of Game of Thrones? <laughs> never in my life. I couldn't possibly <laughs> spoil this show if, I want, if you wanted me to. I've never seen okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so a little fun fact for people who are maybe Game of Thrones fans, not have ever seen a single episode, but hearing some chatter at the lunch tables. Yes. yes. Can you describe what you think Game of Thrones is? Oh, yes. Because actually, as someone that doesn't watch it, it is fascinating to listen to you guys talk about it. Game of Thrones is this big war between zombie snow people, dragons, and some woman that moves too slow. That's pretty good. <laughs> wow. There it is. Did I get it? That's it. That's the whole show. All right. Perfect. There it is. Game of Jess. Game of get Jess. Puppets. Okay. <laughs> and that brings us to this week's Cool Tool. And as a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And this week's discovery is more of an update to a tool we're all familiar with, Google Sheets. So, holy sheet. Three new features are coming. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. New features coming to Google Sheets. Remove duplicates, which if you're an Excel user, holler, you know what this is. You can get rid of duplicate data now. Very, very nice. They've also got a cool new feature, trimming white space. So there's no more annoying spaces before or after your cell values. Very, very nice for formatting. And they've also announced something they're calling compatible spreadsheet shortcuts. Their example, though, was paste. And I, you could... You could use a keyboard shortcut to paste before. So I feel like this is pretty standard, but there's a whole list of them actually in the show notes if you want to check the other shortcuts. The shortcuts are coming to Google Sheets. Get excited. Yes. And, and the removing duplicates is a big deal for Huge. anybody doing keyword research, website research, any type of research. It brings Google Sheets up to near par with Excel, which is fantastic. Yeah. I'll, I'll give an amen to that one. All right, and on to this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from podcast favorite, Glenn Gabe of G Squared Interactive, and he's got an article over on G Squared Interactive called Exploring Google's New How-To Snippets in Search and on Smart Displays, SERP Treatment, Fresh GSC Data, Video Templates, Monetization, and more. And he pretty much has covered it in the title, but <laughs> if you read the article, it is the definitive how-to schema article. And then remember, this came out last week at Google I.O., and he shows how the how-to snippets look, how they look on Google Assistant smart displays, and there is a pretty big difference where 
you have to go to a website on the web, but on smart displays, you can see every how-to with the schema and rich results testing so that you can make sure if you participate in how-tos, you'll get that right. The possibility of making a how-to without even having a site, just using video. How this may be monetized down the road, think disco ads. <laughs> <laughs> and also reporting and a whole lot more. So if you have how-to content, this is the piece for you. Glenn always kills it and he outdid himself on this article. So thank you, Glenn. Yes, Glenn, good job doing a how-to on how-tos. I hope you marked that article up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the laugh, Greg. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. Please be sure to subscribe while you're there so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. <laughs> and this week, we are going to be playing everybody's favorite game, Judge Bud. Ooh, is that like Judge Dredd? Judge Dredd. I've never Judge seen Bud. any of that. You make the call. It is my job to propose new legislation. And this week, I'm just getting up in everybody's business. Apparently, that's what we do now. So I've got the first piece of legislation I'm putting across your desk. Judge Bud, I would like to outlaw asphalt roofs and make every roof that is put on a house become metal. Metal roofs. What the heck are asphalt roofs? Any roof that you see that's like a shingle. Really? That's yes. what they're made of? Yeah. Asphalt roofs. Shingles are made of asphalt. <laughs> yes. Really? I mean, I don't <laughs> know if you're experienced enough here to make this decision. <laughs> yes. An asphalt roof, the life expectancy is about 15 years, 12 to 20, let's say. And metal roofs can last 40 to 70 years. And they look nice, those metal roofs, I think. Why wouldn't you want to have 40, 70 year roofs? Well, because people probably move out of their house no, and that thing and the they don't care. The problem is people think they look ugly. People think metal roofs look ugly? Yes. They don't. I Houses agree. look ugly and then the roof's just a part of it. I agree with you. I like metal roofs, but yeah. I'm like a simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they look really snazzy and they come in all kinds of colors. We can outlaw them for new roofs. Anybody with an existing asphalt roof can be grandfathered in. I feel like Done. that's okay. Good. All right. Okay, next up. For every nine trees that you plant, you need to plant one fruit tree. <laughs> 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 I was thinking about how to st stop starvation and things like that. I'm like, yeah, it would be really nice to have fruit. Yeah, but who, who's planting nine trees? I think you have 10 trees on your property. No. I didn't plant them though. They're there already. Well, whoever did. I, I don't know. Not not my but all these people that have all these trees, throw some fruit on there. Like if you bought a house and you have kids and there's fruit trees, that's pretty cool. So you're thinking that we're gonna solve world hunger because you and I have an apple tree in our house and we can eat those apples and then the other apples at the grocery store are gonna get donated to the starving people? Yep.
<laughs> didn't really think this one through. I feel like we can't, I can't pass that rule until we have other rules in place that, you know, those follow-up steps, like, you know, no food waste at the grocery store, throwing out ugly bananas, like that shouldn't be a thing first. Okay. People can plant ornamental trees at any quantity. We should maybe encourage, maybe they get a rebate on their fruit tree, but that's not my jurisdiction. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Next up, any call you make will cost 25 cents, but the money that will go to the person you call. So if I want to give you a call, <laughs> you get 25 cents. Why? Because I don't want any of these robocalls anymore. Oh. Every time they want to call me, fine, let okay. them call me. But I want 25 cents for that call. I want to legislate phone calls. No more robocalls. I got three messages. I got one during the filming of Marketing Clock, a spam message. Couldn't we just ban robocalls? Wouldn't that be easier? If you, yeah, that'd be the simple way of doing that. <laughs> I was thinking of a workaround. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I feel like there's a lot less infrastructure, if that's the right term, to worry about. I mean, if I call you and it's going to cost me a quarter to call you, I'm just not going to call you, and then you're not going to get the great news I have yeah, to Yeah, but share. then if we're friends, I'd probably call you back, and then you get your quarter back. Well, who's managing the, the, it's this automated. accounting? It's just automated. It's just automated. <laughs> Machine learning, <laughs> artificial intelligence. I don't think so. I think we just ban robocalls. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, I'll take a one. quarter, though, if you want. This is going to be my biggest reach, okay. Your Honor. We are going to need a fingerprinting system to use bathrooms. But hear what? me out. It's free. <laughs> free to use bathrooms. It's not like overseas. Overseas, some places you have to pay to use bathrooms. Mm -hmm. Completely free. Fingerprinting system. And there's also sensors on the toilet. Sounds weird. But what hear are they me, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> to go into a, to a bathroom... You scan your fingerprint. We already determined last week that you can't change that fingerprint. It's true. And if you go into the bathroom and you leave and more than 25% of the seat is covered in pee, Ugh. you go to jail for five years. <laughs> that's okay. that's my legislation. <laughs> that's a little bit extreme. I went to the bathroom today. And there's, it, it's just a yellow toilet seat in this oh, shared office that's, space. That's disgusting. I don't, you know what though? Just, there is so much here that I can't even. So people are going to be fingerprinted. So everybody's in the system now. People are going to have privacy concerns. There's also. Okay. Just you think up the way of implementing this. It doesn't have to be fingerprints. But if you cover the toilet seat with 25% or more of pee, you go to jail for five years. What if you just, if you cover it with 25% or more of pee or any other disgusting <laughs> bathroom object, you just get robocalls? <laughs> That's not enough. That's where we send the robocalls is to bathroom terrorists. Oh, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm with you. The bath, there needs to be a system. I don't know that this is the way. I don't know. I, I would even go 10 years. You're you also, pee all over the toilet seat? Get out of here. Yeah, but I'm thinking about all the pure, poor people that have to install fingerprint scanners on their bathroom. That's an expense to businesses. I feel like we can't. Well, there's a better way. If you take this back to your planning committee and come up with something else, I am all for bathroom cleanliness. This is not the way. All right. <laughs> Rejected. We. See you next week.